the Scars Left Behind podcast, episode number 10. LGBT plus are worried. Jessica Leanne Norris and Megan Younger Watson. <coughs> Young LGBT plus teenagers are more than twice as likely as their heterosexual peers to worry about their mental health on a daily basis, a new report has found. A survey by Just Like Us, a charity which supports LGBT plus young people, revealed that 55% of LGBT plus 11 to 18 year olds are anxious about their mental health on a daily basis in comparison to 26% of non-LGBT plus people. The findings mirror the disproportionately high rates of mental health problems among LGBT plus adults with previous polling finding just over half had suffered depression in the last year and three in five had experienced anxiety. The latest study shared exclusively with the independent found seven in ten LGBT plus younger people report their mental health has worsened since the pandemic began. In comparison to half of non-LGBT young people, while one in four LGBT plus young people say they have experienced strain in the place they live on a daily basis, only 15% of non-LGBT plus people said the same. Researchers polled 2,934 secondary school pupils who were aged between 11 and 18 over a third of whom identified as LGBT plus for the study. A breakdown of the research shows 78% of young lesbians say their mental health has deteriorated in lockdown, in comparison to 74% of bisexual young people and 71% of male gay teenagers. While 70% of transgender young people and half of non-LGBT plus young people said the same, the latest research found 6 in 10 young lesbians worried for their mental health on a daily basis, in comparison to 4 in 10 male gay teenagers. Amy Ashenden of Just Like Us told the the Independent, the study's findings are really worrying, as she called for greater specialised LGBT plus mental health support. She added, I am a little bit surprised by the findings because lesbians are so often overlooked. I wouldn't necessarily have suspected so much struggling. As lesbians, we have a lack of community spaces, funding and low visibility in the media. It is hard to find and connect with other people like you. Pre-Covid, lots of gay spaces catered for men and were not that trans or lesbian inclusive. Lesbians are at the intersection of sexism and homophobia 
you're not meeting your gender expectations because you're attracted to women. You have a double pile of things to navigate. Miss Ashenden noted, lesbians come in all shapes and sizes. As she warned, butch lesbians get looks on the street. I am a butch lesbian, she added. I can't count the amount of times I've been looked at or shouted at in the street. People always seem to have an opinion, whether it is looks on the tube or bus or men shouting at me on the street. Miss Ashenden, whose charter works with a range of schools, noted a lot of legal changes for the gay community such as adoption and marriage, which impacts adults do not affect young LGBT plus people. She said she imagined the proportion of older lesbians suffering from mental health problems would be roughly the same but they may not be struggling as much due to being at a different stage in their life. Young lesbians might be living at home with families who aren't accepting, or they may not have friends who are accepting. Miss Ashenden added, Adults have more agency to seek out community. If a lesbian had come into my school to talk about how it is okay to be yourself, that would have drastically changed my life. Across the world, women are more likely to be diagnosed with depression and to try and kill themselves. Yet the overall suicide rate for men is considerably higher than for women. But women remain more likely than men to attempt a suicide. Adult women in the US reported a suicide attempt 1.2 times as often as men. Dominic Arnau, chief executive of Just Like Us, noted... While the COVID crisis has been a difficult period for all, their research shows the repercussions of the pandemic have not fallen evenly. Ellery Stonborough of Stonewall said rates of mental health in the LGBT plus community are higher and particularly high among lesbians and by women, trans people and women of colour. One of the great challenges is there is a real lack of representation and visibility among lesbians, bi and trans women. Again, a lot of you may not know, but I am a part of the LGBTQIA plus community. You know, I am queer, asexual. So, you know, I think it's really important to, you know, yes, everyone across the board is struggling with their mental health. But I think it's important to also understand that, you know, in certain sexualities, you know, some people struggle more than others, so it's important to differentiate. But also, we're now going to move on to um, tragic news. Um, Jessica Leanne Lewis, 27, was found unresponsive at a Powell's house in Bolton on June 15th last year. Now, obviously, this article was updated as of two days ago. So, you know, I, I felt it I felt it warranted spreading awareness, you know. But all of my condolences 
to anyone who has lost a loved one, my heart goes out to you. You know, you're all in my prayers. So, an inquest heard how the two-time winner of Miss Pole Dance UK had pinned a note on her bedroom door saying, don't come in, ring 999, I am so sorry. A note was also found for Jessica's nan, telling her she loved, she loved her following the tragedy. The hearing was told Jessica had struggled with mental health issues since she was a teenager. Her mum, Alana Norris, said Jess had led a life of structure and struggled when lockdown meant that she could not teach or take part in pole dancing competitions. Jessica had been staying at friend Brian Crompton's house when the first lockdown was imposed in March last year. She had been working as a fitness instructor and was being prescribed antidepressants. On the morning of her, of her tragic death, Mr. Crompton had got up and left for work. He texted Jessica later in the day, asking how she was, but received no response. When she, he returned home, he discovered Jessica in her bedroom. The hearing was told a, toxico a toxicologist found no evidence of drugs or alcohol in her system. Professor Alan Walsh, area coroner from Manchester, West recorded a conclusion of suicide. Jessica was a keen pole dancer and set up her first studio when she was just 15 years old. She went on to claim the title of Miss Pole Dance UK in 2011 and 2015. In 2019, she launched a fundraising drive in aid of mental health charities. Kay Penny, the founder of Miss Pole Dance UK, described Miss Lewis as a national treasure. She said, thank you for your contribution and as a true ambassador for the aerial arts, touching so many lives, hearts and souls, lifting many of us with your entertaining, unforgettable and mesmerising routines. Thank you for your unquestionable dedication and sharing your talent through many classes, masterclasses, camps, events and competitions. You shone like a beacon of hope on so many stages and your legacy will live on forever. In the history of Paul and personally as my Paul's daughter, who constantly showed your gratitude over the years and during your reign as double female singles champion. And, um, <clears throat> you know, this, unfortunately, is the, is the reality, you know. When you have something taken away from you, like it has done for so many of us, you know, especially, especially those of us who suffer or who struggle with mental health, you know, it's really hard when you're not able to do something that you love, that you're passionate about. That's why... I think it's key that we have access <coughs> to a system where we can get ongoing support and at least have a way out. You know, a way out meaning that, you know, we can still do what we love. Yes, we still, you know, go by the rules, you know, and the precedent that we have to follow. But, you know, my heart and my, you know, condolences go out to her family. Now, if any, 
you are struggling and need support, you can call CALM, that's C-A-L-M, on 0800-585-858, mind, 0300-123-3393, or Papyrus, 800-068-4141, or the Samaritans, on 116-123. And we move on to another tragic loss that happened only a day ago. Megan Younger Watson, 17, was allegedly raped at a party after she spent the evening drinking and taking drugs with friends at a pub. Now, I just want to say that again, trigger warning, there is mention of rape. So, if that if something like is a trigger for you, then do please skip. But regardless of whether, but regardless of her drinking and taking drugs, which again, you know, <coughs> you know, that's her choice, right? But that doesn't detract from, you know, what hap- what p- could have potentially happened to her. So, so she was drinking and taking drugs with friends at a pub. Right. Suffolk Commoners Court in Ipswich heard how she was distraught when she told them of the attack as they walked home from the party to a flat. Supported housing accommodation hostel Christchurch House in Ipswich, Suffolk. Detective Inspector Daniel Connick of Suffolk Police said the alleged rape had been investigated and a male suspect was identified after Megan's death. He was never brought to court after the Crown's prosecution service decided against bringing charges. The hearing was told, so there were no, so basically there were no, they didn't bring any charges against him, against this potential suspect. But the Detective Inspector Connick said it was apparent that Megan would have been too intoxicated to, content, to consent to sex. He also revealed that she had been in a same-sex relationship at the time she died on February 16th, 2019. Megan's mother, Natasha Younger Watson, told the inquest she felt more could have been done to protect her daughter on the night she died. The coroner also identified a number of missed opportunities on how to deal with Megan in her fragile state. The inquest heard on Tuesday how Megan's medical cause of death was given as compression of the neck, consistent with hanging. Tests revealed she had taken cocaine, MDMA and Xanax, a drug used to treat anxiety. The previous evening, but her alcohol levels were below the legal drink drive limit. <coughs> so she wasn't, you know, on a high enough intoxication level to where she was over the limit. She was below the limit. Suffolk Senior Coroner Nigel Parsley said Megan had also been smoking and had intervened to help the victim. He said the incident outside the Grinning Rat pub in Ipswich where Megan and her friends had spent 
<coughs> the evening would have added to the night's trauma. Mr. Parsley recorded a conclusion of death. He said Megan would have been too distraught from the events of the previous evening to make any rational decision to end her own life. The coroner also said that her mental health issues made her prone to impulsive acts. Now, on this like semi last last part, her mental health issues. Would I agree to that? Possibly. But also, on your hand, anyone, anyone is prone to impulsive acts. You don't necessarily have to suffer with, suffer, suffer from a mental health, a mental illness. Right, to be prone to be impulsive. Right, so, you know, He's right, he's very, he's, you know, valid in his, you know, experience as a governor, you know, he has to, you know, give his opinion, which I agree, totally agree with, but prone to impulsive acts, that can be for anyone, but that's just how I perceive what he's saying. The inquest was told how Megan, who was described by her family as beautiful, polite and funny, was studying performing arts at Suffolk New College in Ipswich. They also heard she had been diagnosed with PTSD after an abusive relationship in her early moved to Christ Church House for more independence while seeking help for anxiety and depression which had led her to her self-harming and attempting overdoses in the past. A few days before she died, Megan was warned she may be ex- ex- evicted from the hospital due to concerns about her mental well-being, engagement with GPs and medication. Phil Chigome, the service manager at Christchurch House, said he decided against evicting her, after being satisfied with her being out of day and went with her to the While Megan, who rarely went out, told one friend she didn't know what she was doing. The group then went to a party in a flat where Megan reported being raped. Fellow residents of Christchurch described carrying Megan back to the hospital where CCTV showed her in a corridor in a CCTV at around 8am entering her partner's room where an argument started. She later calmed down and returned to her own room. The inquest was told. Friends dialed 999 at around 10am after getting no response from her room. The inquest heard how paramedics and police found her dead inside, breaking the door down and were unable to revive her. <laughs> Megan's mother, Natasha Younger Watson, 
said she felt more could have been done to protect her daughter on the night she died. The inquest heard there was no staff member on site between 6.30am and 1pm on Saturdays. Miss Younger Watson said she was concerned nobody in charge was alerted to her daughter's mental state and questioned why she was left alone, despite still being a child. Mr. Chigome said the concierge had contact. of CCTV coverage in Christchurch House and said he would be requesting more information about it, requiring a response within 28 days. Mr Parsi said he felt Megan's behaviour on the night before she died seemed out of character. Her father, Stuart Hager, said she appeared to have turned a corner and had been on a confident road to adulthood. In the year before she died, he said she had starting she had starting driving lessons and was enjoying her college course. Megan's mother paid tribute to her after her death, saying she was beautiful inside and out, and was thriving in the week before she died. She told the newspaper Megan was Loved people, she wanted to help everyone. She's the sort of person who would drop all her shopping and help an old lady across the road. She was one of those people. And again, if Or call on 0800-585-858. On social media, head on over to our Instagram at Scars Left Behind. Behind without the E. The same on Twitter. Also, you can find us on Facebook at SLB Podcast. Also, to listen to our podcasts on the go, you can find us on Spotify, Acast, Amazon Music, Radio Public, Pocket and Breaker. Also, if you didn't catch our last episode, I where I interviewed Danny the Blue from Empower the Invisible. I highly suggest you check that out. Um, just to know there is a trigger warning. So if you are triggered by what we are talking about, then please skip that. But I, su- but I do suggest you check that out. And also, you know, give us a like on our Facebook page. And if you enjoy our content, 
and you fancy giving us a like rating then you can do so via the Acast app.